0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. And Jesus said to his disciples, A rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and said, What is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship, because you no longer and be my steward. The steward said to himself, What shall I do, now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do, that when I am removed from the stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called in his master's debtors one by one. To the first he said, How much do you owe, my master? He replied, One hundred measures of olive oil. He said to him, Here is your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for fifty. Then to another, the steward said, And you, how much do you owe? He replied, One hundred cores of wheat. The steward said to him, Here is your promissory note. Write one for eighty. And the master commended that dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. I tell you, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. And the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If, therefore, you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and Mammon. The gospel of the Lord. To you, Lord Jesus I mentioned not long ago, a quote by C.S. Lewis. He said that, "God cannot give us a happiness and peace." apart from Himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. That's an important statement. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from Himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. In the course of my life, I've had the chance to witness a number of people, not a great number, but a number, who made it The one goal in their life to strive for holiness. They wanted to be saints. Everything they did was directed towards that end. Should be true with all of us, but it isn't. There are many things to be concerned about. But it wasn't just a general I desire, you you know. It wasn't just generic. That never goes anywhere. I think we all like to think we would want to be holy and be saints. But simply desiring it isn't going to be enough. They actually planned. They planned their days. Moment by moment. Everything they did. Beginning with their prayer life, and then from there, they sanctified the entire day. And every day of the year. If you go to a website of a monastery, they will usually have, for instance, let's say Belmont Abbey. There will be an orarium and if you go to that, it will tell you everything the monks do from the moment they get up to the moment they go to bed. It's programmed. But all of us can't do that because our lives are such that we have to be more flexible and we have other things to do. Ah. I remember when I was in the seminary. When I first went in, the seminary was very structured. It was very monastic. And it wasn't long after that. People were saying, listen, we're we're not monks, we're training to be diocesan priests, we need more freedom. We had one Benedictine professor who said to us one day, he said, gentlemen, you're complaining that you're not supposed to be monks, but you're supposed to have more freedom because you're going to be diocesan priests. He said, if there isn't a monastic element in your life, you're going to be lousy priests. And that's true of every life, really. Now, of course, we have to be busy with many things, but there has to be a structure in our life beginning with um, our spiritual lives. C.S. Lewis also said that uh, we are not necessarily doubting that God will do the best for us. We are wondering just how painful the best will turn out to be. (laughs) We're a little afraid of what God might do, Uh, but yet he calls us to that. He won't settle for God and, as Cardinal Serra said in his book, it's God or nothing. That's the way God deals with us. This particular gospel is rather beautiful. Our Lord tends to have a touch of sarcasm in this with the steward, the unjust steward, who's going to be fired. And he cannot work. He he will not beg. So he does something even more dishonest. He calls in his master's debtors and changes the debt so that when his master throws him out, they'll take him in because he was generous to them. And we are told that the master commended the dishonest steward for acting prudently. Our Lord is not suggesting that it was good behavior, or we should do that. He simply then goes on to say, For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. We are more concerned and more structured about everything else in our lives, except our spiritual lives, except the the journey to holiness. We don't seem to want to take that um, as seriously as... God insists that we do. He goes on then to speak about trustworthiness. If the person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. The person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. So we are called then to a totality of giving. At some point that has to begin in our lives. Uh, even though we may at first be reluctant to accept that. That's why I think it's so important to read the lives of the saints, uh, to know where to begin. As I said, most of us are not called to the lives that we see in great religious, (laughs) clergy, uh, but we have to be able in some way to integrate the totality of God into everything that we do to sanctify the day instead of putting ourselves in a compartment, and then God's over there somewhere, where my faith is there. But you know, as well, the Lord, of course, always gives us an example of total giving, the cross. If we ever wonder what it is, there it is. He will tell us what we must do if we are going to follow him uh, and if we are going to give ourselves completely to him. He concludes by saying... No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. So then, we are called to serve, and this is where the Eucharist becomes so important because the Eucharist makes it possible. The Eucharist is everything. Everything. The Eucharist is totality. Everything begins here and comes back to here. Or it doesn't. Or it will never be what it's supposed to be. It'll be in, out of balance. It will be in some way disordered. So we come here then to receive the Lord and to be able to do what we could not otherwise do. You know, Saint Therese of Lisieux wrote a beautiful poem that I've mentioned before, called "Abandonment," and uh, when she speaks of her own abandonment to God and what made it possible. She put it very beautifully. She said, As looks the floweret small up to the glorious sun, so I, though least of all, seek my beloved one. King whom I love the most, the star I love to see, is thy white sacred host, little and low like me. Isn't that a beautiful thought? She refers to the Eucharist that way. In whom I love the most, the star I love to see, thy sacred host, little and low like me. And its celestial power down from thy altar sent wakes in my heart that flower, perfect abandon. That's all she wanted. Everything there was, was there for her and found its meaning in her. She went on to conclude by saying... All pain I now despise. Nought can disquiet me. Swifter than eagle flies, my spirit flies to thee. Beyond the gloomy cloud, ever the skies are fair, and angels sing aloud, and God is reigning there. And yet, without a tear, I wait that bliss above, who in the host have here the perfect fruit of love. So, if God has called us, to Himself totally. We have the means to respond. Uh, And once we have done that, as I've said many times, then we can love everybody else. Then the all of creation will in some way serve us. I said Mass last, we we really had three Masses this weekend. One was last night. You may have noticed a lot of people missing today. Uh, We have a good many of our people out camping, including the troops of St. George. About I said mass for about 60 or 70 of them, and um, in the woods, no less. And um, it occurred to me there, you know, we will go out to there just to be with nature, to be with all that beauty, uh, and yet all of that is only a speck of dust compared to that little white host, little, little and low like me, So we can say that, I think, with St. Therese of Lisieux. Uh, And yet without a tear, I wait that bliss above, who in the host have here the perfect fruit of love. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, Her members will always respond to the will of God as it is made known to them and give themselves entirely to him. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For all nations of the world, especially our own, for our politicians. Having heard the word of God themselves, they may then uh, strive for true peace and justice in our world. We pray to the Lord. Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, they may know that in their suffering they are serving God, giving themselves to him. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected faith and grace, we pray to the Lord. Lord for a greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. Lord for an increase in vocations of priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women. Who will give themselves to God without compromise. For a greater reverence for the sacred calling of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time in the presence of the Eucharistic Lord, they may then be visible signs of that Lord to our world, we pray to the Lord. Lord. For all those working on our building project, that they will remain safe, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors. For all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. And for Jerome Hewitt, who died this week, a longtime parishioner of St. Joseph's, whose funeral will be Tuesday. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that we will so live our lives and structure our lives as to make God the center of them, God or nothing, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We now join our prayers those of the mother of the Lord and the mother of the church as we sing.